0: Say you are, you're a software engineer and you're really good at technical stuff and you've got a lot of knowledge and expertise, but you don't know how to write that for a human being. People get really kind of stuck in their own lingo and their own meta-language around what they do. I mean, it happens to marketers all the time. I guess the easiest way to explain it is that Writerly gives those people a roadmap for writing human-centered content and telling stories so they're always thinking of the reader they're not thinking about necessarily what they want to share but more about what the reader needs to hear
1: welcome to episode 113 of be the drop a weekly podcast that helps you become a top communicator by sharing stories from people who are influential in their field. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Creating appealing and readable content is a complex process. There is a tension between what the author is explaining and what your audience wants to read. Changing your perspective as a content writer can make your material more desirable and consumable. Kaz McCullough is the founder and CEO of Tech Startup Writerly, which provides content recipes to help you write powerful marketing and blog content in less time. Kaz has worked in content strategy for eight years, and now, as well as running Writerly, she is a writer, mentor, and content marketing consultant. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Kaz tells us about the importance of having an engaged community. She tells us how to best market content to your audiences, and we also discuss useful resources for effective content writing. This is Kaz's version of Be The Drop. Do you want more communication insights? Then jump onto Facebook and join me and my community of brand storytelling superheroes. It's absolutely free to join and we share a range of helpful storytelling resources. So if this sounds like your kind of group, head over to Facebook and join the brand storytelling superheroes. Kaz, thank you so much for joining me on our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for having me. That's exciting. We're here in sunny Brisbane and you were talking today about content marketing and it was fabulous because your presentation was directly before mine and there was a lot of synergy that I could um, cross over into the internal comms communication space. But before we get to that... You have your item of significance here with you and I'd like you to explain what that
0: is and how that connects you with what you do and your community of people that are around it. I've got two. I've got a flower in my hair and I am known for wearing a flower in my hair. So I went to the Woodford Folk Festival. I go every year and I was walking around Woodford in my you know, beautiful long maxi dress and I had a bunch of flowers in my hair and I was walking around and I bought this beautiful canvas parasol to keep the sun off of me. And some guy walked up to me and said, You look like a goddess and I just had the biggest smile and I just went you know what I feel like a goddess this is amazing and after the festival I went home and I just walking around the city and I realized that when I had a flower in my hair or I had parasol people would smile and they'd look up and sometimes they would say nice things and it just lifted me up and I'm not about being the same as everybody else I'm about being different and disrupting people's sameness and that day-to-day grunge that they do. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being alive. And so I wear a flower in my hair to remind me to be alive basically oh i love that story and it really resonates with
1: me i mean that's where i you know sort of that resonates with what i do with my i love storytelling t-shirt because it's that you know it's that part of my self-expression i create i made the t-shirt myself on VistaPrint. i love it for that reason me too i want one yeah well it makes people smile it's good yeah you said you had another one as well yes
0: so my nails i didn't get my nails done for about two or three years because i don't like going to dodgy nail bars where they exploit their workers and that's that was kind of important to me and this year i connected with a beautiful young refugee woman called saha and she has her own nail and uh, makeup business and we actually got her into fish burners to do people's nails and makeup for the day and it was such a fun day it was beautiful um, so i've been actually going to see her pretty regularly (laughs) Um, because I want to support her business, but also because I've been actually spending time mentoring her Um, and I feel really good that I can actually just look polished and get my nails done um, and be, you know, a bit of a girl and actually feel ethically good about it. So that was the other thing. Oh, fantastic.
1: So then tell us about this community. You know, you're obviously, you're talking about really wanting to create people to you know no, like smile and feel good. What is that community that you've built around your business? And tell us a little bit more about what you do in your business.
0: So I, have a, I do have a community around Riderly and I started it from day dot. I'm not always the best at posting in there sometimes, I'm really slack. But when I have something to share that's really human and really authentic, um, I'm always amazed at the interaction we get and people in there really care about each other. And, and they really care about what happens to me. Uh, last week I posted from, I was in Fiji, I was on my way back from the States and I wanted to share it, but I also had a few interesting things happen in my life in that week that were potentially going to cause me a lot of stress. And I being in a startup is, is an interesting is an interesting gig because most startups, and this is what most people don't realize, most startups don't get product market fit right from the, get-go no in all that time um sustaining the business you know so that you can keep the wheels turning uh when you run out of investment money (laughs) and you're in that rock and a hard place where investors look at you and they go well we really love what you're doing but we're not quite ready to invest yet come back to us in six months (laughs) so it's like dating with money involved (laughs) Actually, that sounds really bad, doesn't it? (laughs) Really bad. It is about finding the right fit, and that takes time. You know, it's been a really interesting journey, but in that time, I haven't paid myself um, a wage. And I've been able to kind of live very frugally while raising three children on my own and, and do that. And, you know, bring in consulting work when I need to, but I also have had child support. You know, just being brutally honest, I've had child support and I've had some government money, which has helped. And I'm not ashamed to say it because honestly, I feel like the government is supporting my startup. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how it's kind of worked for me over the last few years. And then when I was away, my ex-husband said to me that he had lost his 17-year job and that he was going to be stopping paying child support. So um, that was a really hard thing to hear because all Mm. of a sudden I realized, wow, this is really down to me now. So, I was just kind of sharing that with people and saying, well, in my community and just saying, well, hey, you know, I'm going to take responsibility for my finances and hey, if you know of any writing work, let me know. And I was inundated with offers of help and support. Someone said, well, look, if you can't pay your rent, come and stay with me. And I said, what, me and my three children? And I said, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I I was deeply in shock. I I Mm. could not believe the kind of response that I had from my community. Um, It actually makes me tear up even just thinking about it because I was really in a tough place and was scared. I was really genuinely scared. Mm. Mm. And I just, I felt sorry for myself for like five minutes and then I made this action plan and I feel like I'm gonna be in a much better place than I was before simply by just tackling it, taking action and taking responsibility. But if I hadn't had that encouragement from my community, I don't know if I would have just, I don't know, it just really spurred me on. And it is interesting because
1: so many of us, we do share content and there are people like say, Brené Brown, who talks about that power of vulnerability and Mm -hmm. being open and honest, but taking that step, as you said, pushing that button and pressing send and actually being vulnerable is, is really hard. Good on you first for, for taking that step and being vulnerable. And secondly, how great is it that social media, which often gets the bad rap around negative trolls, bullying, etc., which does take place on social media, but also there's this beautiful power of community and support and love and kindness and, as you said, this motivation to spur you on, which yeah. is great.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes it can feel lonely, particularly if you are... You know the only person in your business so now just for listeners can you
1: explain you know just a short sort of summary of what is writerly what is the product
0: that you've developed through your startup okay so probably the best way to explain it is to kind of take it back to basics so say you are you're a software engineer and you're really good at technical stuff and you've got a lot of knowledge and expertise but you don't know how to write that for a human being or <laughs> tell a story. <laughs> or other people who don't understand software engineering
1: language, Yes.
0: Ooh, yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah, people get really kind of stuck in their own lingo and their own meta language around what they do. And, I mean, it happens to marketers mm. all the time. Yeah. I guess the easiest way to explain it is that Writerly gives those people a roadmap for writing human-centered content and telling stories and and it just basically lays it out for them step by step. So at the moment what they do is they go onto our platform and they request what's called a content recipe and it's for specific types of content that they wanna write. So say for instance if you were writing, I don't know, um, how to post that is a beginner's guide on how to um, create an API you know something really technical like that something that would seemingly be really boring but you want the reader to be happy and you want to come across as a comedian so you're going to write this piece as a comedy piece mm. so what they would get is actually, it's it's kind of like a template except that it's user defined and it's very, very specific and detailed. Um, but what we've done is we've broken down all the different narrative elements that go into a piece of content into different themes and different sections of content and we deliver what they need for that specific piece of content. So they would then get narrative elements broken down into intro, middle and end Uh, and they would reflect the fact that they want the reader to be happy and they want to be a comedian. (laughs) So, uh, and it's different for every user because uh, they, they all have different things they want to achieve. Somebody might somebody else might want the reader to be concerned and we've created recipes for over 200 different kinds of blog posts so they're always thinking of the reader they're not thinking about necessarily what they want to share but more about what the reader needs to hear. Mm. I love the concept I think it's great and because you know obviously we
1: create different storytelling content and often I hear this challenge because whilst we love going in and helping companies create content, mm. it's really not feasible in a time or budget capacity for us to create every single piece of content for every single you know staff member. So they really need to empower their staff. This is taking that you know, a wonderful step forward by giving them a recipe. I love this concept. You know, really helping step them through. I can see a really good application for where that can be so valuable. Thank you. So moving away from that technical content to you know the needs of of the reader. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Mm. And therefore, the content is a lot more readable. We did a case study recently where a lawyer came and used Writerly. So Brad, he um, he's one of my biggest champions. He's, he loves my product. And he went and took his um, idea to a writer offshore. And they wrote a very functional, very factually-based piece. But it lacked that je ne sais quoi. So he downloaded a writerly recipe and used the factual information that he had gathered already um, and then just injected story into it, followed the recipe published it and it got shared about 34 times and he got picked up by the internet law bulletin and so it was republished there and it brought in new business for their firm. Mm. And that's why he loved it because it actually got him a result. I don't care about content for content's sake. No. I don't plan on building the garbage island any higher on the internet. I care about content that actually makes a difference in people's lives and that's what that's what Ridley is all about. It's mm. about creating content that is engaging, that has an impact, but that's also really appropriate for what you're trying to convey as yeah. well yeah and as you know we talked about this earlier that I'm very passionate about the idea of empowering your teams and your employees it's the subject matter expertise that have the knowledge and the passion for what they do and need to be able to share it in a palatable way and oftentimes I find that when it's just down to the comms teams you know comms teams are very busy and in that process that normally happens there's lots of interviews and there's lots of back and forth and it It's crazy, it takes so much time. And the end product is usually this diluted piece which doesn't really convey the personality of the writer. And I really wanna lessen that frustration. So I find even as a writer working with clients using my own product, I actually find that as a communication tool, it works really well as well. Yeah. So today we were talking about
1: content marketing and that space you know, of content marketing. For you, what are some of
0: those key things that you think people need to consider in that space? Key things. So. We talked a lot today about being audience centred and I drilled that down and we did an exercise on how to create a an avatar of a person that you actually want to speak to and have coffee with. And the purpose of that exercise was not necessarily so that they would go and use that as their avatar, but more just to get them thinking about actually relating human to human with the people they're trying to communicate with. So rather than speaking from a podium to a, an audience of faces you don't know, you are speaking someone you actually can relate to and have a relationship with. And it changes the nature of what you write. It changes the whole way you write and makes you more human and more relatable. And that's what people identify with. So mm. that was a big theme that came out of today.
1: In your business, what are the biggest communication channels that you use?
0: LinkedIn has definitely become more important. And I went to quite a few training sessions on LinkedIn when I was at Content Marketing World recently. I see a lot of scope for using that, particularly in reaching out to people and creating video content. Um, I posted a video on LinkedIn, probably for the first time, and a native video, and it just, I couldn't believe how many views it got. It was phenomenal. I thought, wow, I definitely need to be doing more of this. And I use Facebook a lot, um, but I'm tending to use it less for business now than I used to. I I tend to use LinkedIn more. I use Instagram uh, more for kind of like the visual storytelling of just the behind the scenes stuff about what I'm doing. Like I posted on there a beautiful picture of us today. Mm, I know I did see that. (laughs) I will I will regram that. Yeah, loved it. Thanks. And then I use Twitter more at events um, when I'm at events to connect with people. And so within
1: your content marketing mix, and you mentioned this today, like SEO blog content is a really pivotal central part.
0: How does that play out in in your content marketing? Yeah, it's an interesting thing with SEO because, you know, I'm not like a total SEO geek, but I do see that it still has relevance and importance. But I think really it's, It's the social sharing that matters more to me than the SEO. Mm. Uh, It's actually people getting out there and commenting and sharing on the social platforms. So I use a tool called Meet Edgar. To share my content, so when I've published it, I then go on to meet Edgar and I share it onto my various platforms at different times, and then it just reshares it every so often. Um, it, it has it shares evergreen content when it feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it shares some really random things, and I just kind of go, "What? I have so much content." <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm always exploring different tools. Uh, I'm an avid product hunt fan and. Actually, that actually started when we got hunted on Product Hunt. That was an interesting story Mm. because at the time we got hunted, uh, I had just broken my wrist. You see that lovely scar there? Yeah. And I was in hospital um, getting ready to go in for surgery and then some guy – on Twitter, it sends me a message saying, you've been hunted on product hunt. And I looked it up and I saw in um, Rydalee, we had 288 requests waiting to be filled. And what people don't realize is, you know, at the beginning of our, our product, we like human beings actually create the content recipes. They're, they're not done by machines, but it seems like it's done by magic. <laughs> yeah, and I find that a lot of people don't understand that it's not all done <laughs> by automation and what I did with that was because I'm like well I can't do this on time we have a 24 hour business hour return you know turnaround policy mm. and I thought oh, shit I'm not going to get all these done on time no and I was talking to a filmmaker friend of mine And said, I don't know what to do. And she said, well, you're not going to be able to deliver them on time. So why don't you, can you email everybody? So I went into my uh, CRM system and I managed to tag all the people who'd signed up. What was really cool about that was people were so understanding. They would send me messages and emails and say, oh, I hope you feel better soon. (laughs) And don't worry about it. It's cool. (laughs) Um, I didn't get one shitty message, not one. Out of 281. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Be the
1: drop is based on my favorite quote, which is a waterfall begins with one drop. And it's really about the things that we can achieve when we collaborate together. Ah, I like that. It's yeah. like every drop raises the ocean. Yeah. 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 Do you have a quote or a mantra or something that really resonates with you?
0: So my quote is from The Alchemist. And it's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. And I love the theme of possibility and how you can create yourself and recreate yourself so that every day, every moment you're living is a new creation and that you don't have to be held back by all the crap that's ever happened to you in your past. You can let that go. It's a choice that you make and I, I read that book and I, that's where I really got out of it. And mm. I love to live by that mantra that you know, every day is a new opportunity to create something new yeah. for yourself. Yeah, very positive. I like that, thank you so
1: much. You're welcome. I have really enjoyed speaking with you. In conclusion though, can you please share with me your be the drop tip and that's your top tip to how to communicate with influence?
0: I would say Um, be confident. And there's a lot of talk about imposter syndrome and I think we forget that we create that. We create our own confidence. I know that I didn't know that or didn't experience that for a long time. I allowed my confidence to be dictated by other people and my circumstances until one day I had an epiphany and I realized, well actually, I can totally create confidence myself. You know, if you believe passionately in what you're doing, be confident in it. Stand for it. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. My pleasure.
1: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au and don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that